Welcome to the Student Ministry Matters podcast. We want to encourage, equip, and connect those with a passion to impact the next generation for Jesus Christ. Student ministry can be a lonely place. You might even feel like you're the only one in your church or community that cares about students. Well, know this, you're not alone. People all across the country are engaging Gen Z and care deeply about the spiritual direction of these young men and women. Whether you're full-time, part-time, bivocational, or volunteer, if you have a heart for students, this is the place for you. Welcome back to the Student Ministry Matters podcast. I'm Dan Carson. And on today's podcast, we're going to be talking with one of the main stage speakers at the SOAR 2023 conference that's coming up in this July. And so we're excited to have Drew Klein with us. And we're going to be talking about his subject, being devoted to Jesus. But before we get with Drew, I just want to encourage you to check out our podcast partner. That's Central Baptist College of Conway, Arkansas. Now, if you're a part of our churches, the the BMA of America, they have created a new program that is very exciting. I want you to learn more about it, but it is called the BMA Promise. And so go to their website, check it out, cbc.edu. It's going to allow some more students to be able to take part in their college education. And so just check that out. We're real excited about what God is doing there. It is Christ-focused, and we want you to be a part of that. My guest for today is Drew Klein. I met Drew at Central Baptist College. My wife actually knew Drew before that, as they were part of the youth group at Temple Baptist Church of Little Rock, Arkansas. But Drew is now the uh, lead pastor with South City Church in the Little Rock area of Arkansas. And so welcome to the podcast, Drew. Thanks, Dan. Good to, good to see you, bud. Well, it's great to have you on here. I know that we're going to talk about your subject for the SOAR conference. Uh, but before we get to that, I'd love for you just to share with our listeners a little bit about yourself. You've been on the podcast before with your partner in crime, Larry Barker, at the Healthy Church Podcast. But some of our listeners might not go all that way back, and we're on episode almost 170, closing in on it. And so we're excited to have you here. Tell our listeners about yourself. Yeah, man. Um, well, I've like you said, I've known your wife, Temple, for a long, long time, originally from Little Rock. We went to Temple Baptist Church, as you said. It was my home church, grew up there. And and interestingly enough, in God's sovereignty, <laughs> I am now, we replanted that church, uh, believe it or not, six and a half years ago. Mm. And South City has been going for over six years. And yeah, just God has been so good and kind to us. And it has been a beautiful ride and fun and and difficult and wonderful and scary and all the other adjectives that you would put around it. But I'm the father of two beautiful girls that are 16 and 13, Daisy and Jovi, and my wife, Lori, and I have been married in about a week. We'll be 29 years. We are so blessed and and God is so good to us. But uh, love what I do. I mean, I've done a, a few different things. I used to be in the music industry as an artist. Um, music producer, singer, songwriter, traveled around the country with a group called New Song as the lead singer, and um, been leading worship since I was 18, and for a long time. So I've been in ministry for like 33 years or something. And uh, yeah, God's just kind and good. And I, I uh, somehow I love, you know, <laughs> I love him and I love his grace and goodness to me. And I can't, I, I'll never get over that. And uh so I'm in love with him, and I want to lead people to him in our church. And what a privilege to be able to speak at SOAR. You know, I was at the very first one 
30 something years ago, probably. And um, so it's kind of interesting and full circle to be a part of this one. Um, I don't I sure don't deserve it. I'm not the best speaker that they could find, but it'll be a privilege to share some of my heart there. One of the, my favorite things to share with people is my wife, her claim to fame is that she was one of the musical guests at SOAR, but I imagine you were too as a part of Donnie Parrish's uh, youth choir. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and so I, I didn't make it to that first one. I think it was actually a couple of years later that I went to the first one being a part of the Antioch Baptist Church, their staff, and coming and seeing what God was doing. I love the SOAR conference. It has a long history. All you have to do is really peel back the name and you'll understand how old it is. That sword isn't a reference to an eagle or something cool like that. It stands for sold out and radical. And man, does that put it in a specific time frame. But <laughs> the, the leadership have continued to focus in on helping students do that same sort of thing, live mm-hmm. their life for Christ and to care yeah. about their, their faith in Jesus And I'm so excited by the topic that we're covering, not just in your session, but in all our sessions, this idea of being devoted. And so we've we've talked with the other leaders of these main stage uh, sessions, and I'm excited that you're going to be there. Let me just start with this this question. Because you're going to be talking about being devoted to Jesus, you're you're the last speaker of the conference, you're going to be kind of bringing it home. Um, but what does it mean to be devoted to Jesus? Well, the other topics, as you know, and you've probably already covered with the other guys, are things like being devoted to God's Word and the church and mission and something else. I can't remember, but God's all word, the, things- the God's Word, the church, um, God's Word, the church, mission, and uh, and then oh one other. Yeah, yeah, one other. It's, 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 <laughs> it's something we promise that yes, it's really good. It really is good. Process. Um, but as you know, as I was praying, just uh, Donnie asked me to pray about doing this, and I was praying about it, thinking about it, and I thought, man, it, those are all great things. Those are all amazing things to be devoted to. But the bottom line is, if you're not devoted to Jesus, none of those things matter. And I couldn't help but think about the story of the rich young ruler, and that's what God laid on my heart to teach at SOAR. And so I'll be I'll be kind of leading us through some of that story because here's a guy that was devoted to the Word. Here's a guy that was devoted to the church. Here's a guy that maybe wanted to be on mission. Maybe he wanted to follow Jesus. But at the end of the day, he wasn't devoted to Jesus. At the end of the day, he uh, was basically uh, saying, you're not enough for me, that I choose my money, my wealth over Christ. And so that, and the text says in two descriptors that he he went away uh, saddened, it uses two different adjectives of being sad. He went dejected, he went away sad or something like that. And uh, just, you know, I kept thinking, I don't want these kids to go away from this conference and think that all I got to do is show up to church or all I got to do is Mm. go on a mission trip or all I got to do is just read more of my Bible. Those are all good things. But at the end of the day, if you don't love Jesus with all your heart, none of those things will 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 matter. Because even Christ said, you know, in the, at the end of his Sermon on the Mount, I think in Matthew seven, he talks about there will be many who say to me, Lord, Lord, didn't we didn't weren't we connected to mission or weren't we connected to the church and didn't we do so many things? But they weren't connected to Jesus, and so we gotta. And I'm hoping that we can kind of wrap it up with what matters most is devotion to Christ, and then from there we can be devoted to the rest. You know, with students, they need 
they need to kind of know what that looks like. And so I know that that's difficult, especially when you make reference to these passages where you've got men and women who will say, Lord, Lord, didn't I do this? But so what does that look like for a student? What does that feel like for a student? As far as help me understand the question again. So is it you're saying their devotion to Jesus? If they are devoted to Jesus, what is going to be different about them? Yeah. Try to, to look into that. Well, devotion really as a whole in today's society is just not valued really people are fickle people mm-hmm. uh i mean it's just it's just not a, a value that we we encourage in our kids or in our students or at school or at church or you know we had a i'm trying to think it, you're making me think of something that happened in our family the other day um my youngest who's 13 had a big test that was coming up and she really wanted to stay home and study and not go to youth group and I said, oh, baby, I'm so sorry about that. You've had some time to do it and you hadn't done that, but you're going to go to youth group. You know, like there's, this is not an option. And I, and I, and we had to say, you need to understand, we would rather you get a bad grade and be faithful to the youth group and learn more about Jesus and then learn that you can't wait to procrastinate on your yeah. homework. Like, and so should we, just, and those were the opportunities to kind of help was teachable moments to go. This is what devotion looks like. Like, what is the most important thing in your life? Yeah, school is super important. It's not as important as Jesus and his church. So let's, let's put the first things first. And I, I just don't think that's a value that, you know, we're, we're letting our kids play sports and do a million other things other than be committed to Jesus and his church. And so it's like, well, not us, we're going to make a, we're going to make a, a difference here and, and make that change. You know, you mentioned about how society kind of views it. I think about because right now we're at the end or, well, it's the end for Razorback fans of the baseball season. Uh, But when you think about baseball, college basketball, college football, there's all this talk of the transfer portal where they can just go where they're going to get more NIL deals or they're going to get more things and more valuable. And nobody's devoted to that school that they've committed to at the very beginning even though they're not getting the playing time. And so yeah. it's it shouldn't be a surprise to us, but yeah. it sure hurts uh, when we look at our students. So. Yeah. Well, and it's sad because it didn't used to be that way. Those things right. weren't options. Instead, it was just loyalty to a school and to a team and to, you know, um, I'm, I'm, I'm just catching them. I'm kind of behind um, the story on The Last Dance, which is the Michael Jordan documentary. You know, I'm kind of been watching it as I walk on my treadmill some and, uh, it reminds me of when Scottie Pippen wanted to leave the Bulls. He was tired of being, you know, not getting paid enough. And it was in the sixth year of the championship. And Jordan was like frustrated with him because he wasn't loyal and wasn't devoted to the team. He was looking out mm-hmm. for himself. But this is yeah, it's just a reality that is in our culture. That's just not a value that we hold up highly in our families anymore. And so goes the family. So goes the student. Yeah. As it's a part of the, the culture, it's easy to see students are easily distracted from their devotion to Christ. But what are some things that you see, maybe that affect your kids, the the students at your church? What is distracting from that devotion? Oh, man, life is busy. There's a million things that are distracting. Obviously, social media, obviously school, obviously sports, obviously friends and popularity and approval and I mean, you name it, work, jobs. I mean, there's just, you could go down the list. And that's why I think you have to come to this place of, and I think this is the role. I mean, I'm, again, we've talked about this, you and I, 
I believe the, the most effective youth ministry happens in your home. It has to start there. And as church leaders, we have to begin to help parents know how to be disciple makers in their home. The job of discipleship of students isn't the youth pastor's job. It's the parent's job. And the youth pastor is supposed to support that. Um, so as a family, we got to start going, hey, it's, it's, it's Joshua, right? Saying, as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. This is, what's, this is what goes above everything else. So when you ask me, hey, can we do something and not do? No. It's going to be real clear here. And I, I think that's missing even, and I would, I would even just call out to men. Men, lead your families in strength, in the strength of the Lord, and the strength of what it means to be a godly man, and let the consequences fall where they may. But that, that's what I see missing so much in the church and so much in our students. I, I don't know. I, I just I think that that's important. I don't know if I answered your question. Well. You did. I mean, ultimately, what we're seeing is a problem with the family. Uh -huh. And when parents aren't willing to in, to point their students and say, hey, listen, church is a priority. Worship is a priority. Gathering so that we can learn more about Jesus and deepen our relationship with him. That's the most important thing in life. Uh -huh. And if they're not willing to do that and they're not willing to make a stand when a student pitches a fit because they can't do this or they can't do that, there's the problem. I mean, <laughs> if parents would simply say, no, you're not going to be on this team if you can't have Sundays off. Um, yeah, and there's other there's other angles, too. You know, and I think I think we think that that our kids can't be disciple makers. And so we just got to we just got to train them up until they leave and then hope that maybe they'll learn to be disciple makers. What if we changed some of our expectation that they're not only young disciples, but we need to train them to be disciple makers. And so if it is in a sports team. In that sports team, how are you leading people to Jesus? How are you, you know, if you are connected to the cheerleading squad, like yeah. how are you making inroads in missionally into those the lives of those people? Like that has to be the, the front of your thought process into the oikos that you have around you, the people that are in your circles of influence. How do I take Jesus to them? And we, we don't think that a lot of times. We think so. We think around those four walls all the time, you know, like, if I could just get them to the building, well, forget the building. I'm not even, let, let's just get them to Jesus because of relationship. Yeah. And let's disciple people and make disciples. And yes, the church family is important. And that may include a building, you know, but yeah, teaching kids to be disciples and missionaries, even in their young age. I, my daughter, Daisy, I'll never forget because we've kind of been on the fence. Hey, do you, should we let her go into high school? She's, she's going to, she's going to be a junior next year. I'm going should we let her go into high school publicly or should we look for a good Christian school? We've been on the fence of that. And there's pros and cons and different things. And I'll never forget her answer to me. She said, dad, if I go to a private Christian school, who's going to be a missionary at my school? And I'm going, uh, okay, well, I guess I better train you to be a missionary. And we need to be thinking that way. And it's, it's not always easy because no. I'm telling you, students today are facing, they have to be apologists at like 10 and 11, and my 10 and 11-year-old coming home from the playground talking about girls saying they can't decide if they like boys or girls. And it's like, they, it's like, and they're, they're having to explain why I don't believe that or why I don't support that or why that's not okay with me. And it's like the conversations we were having at maybe a, a seniors or in college, they're now having to make in grade school and below. So it's just that much more important that a family unit be strong in their discipleship and commitment to Jesus. Mm, that's so good. You know, talking about this idea of devotion, and you're you're a pastor, so we're talking about 
wanting uh, families to be more devoted. So if we were going to drop a picture of what a, a good family that is devoted to Jesus looks like, what are some of those characteristics? I think you would have to start, I mean, individually with mom and dad. Right. Do they have a relationship with Jesus? Is that real? Is it is it active? Is it intimate? Is it ongoing? Which affects then their marriage? Do they have a marriage that is submitted to Jesus? Are they, we're not talking about perfect people. No, like, no. You look in my home, you're going to go, that guy's not perfect. He's a sinner. He makes mistakes. And what an idiot. A lot of the time, I'm covered by his grace, and I love him with all my heart. And so if we can help people understand it's not about perfection, it's about his grace and moving towards him, falling, <laughs> failing towards him with, with our marriage, and with our kids, and with our work, and with the people in community around us, I think that's all he's calling us to do and to be. You know, we encourage one another, Scripture says in Hebrews 10, to, to not, you know, to not, uh, dis, you know, to not despise meeting together, to make sure that's a, a priority in your life, uh, to spur one another on to love and good works. I mean, those those kinds of things are, you know, and also there's an aspect of, but love each other and when it hits the fan, too, and care for one another uh, in the brokenness. Don't eject. I think if you were to ask me, and you haven't, but I'm going to give this as a bonus for you. <laughs> If you were to ask me what is maybe the greatest problem in the church is the eject button. Mm. People get offended, they get they get they struggle, they have questions and instead of learning what it means to endure, to love one another, to bear with one another, love covers a multitude of sins. I could go down the list of scripture yeah. that the Lord has has taught us about enduring. We don't do it. We are disobedient, self-centered, ungodly. And because of that, we never enter into a second half of maturity in Jesus. And so we have a bunch of baby consumer Christians who are ejecting churches left and right and going to the other church down the street. And instead of really enduring and dealing with suffering and pain and brokenness and questions and difficulty, I mean, that that's where the rubber meets the road. And uh, But it's hard. And it's usually in those places where people go, oh, I just want it easier. Let me just go to the big church down the street where I don't have to do anything. And and that's and that's what happens, you know. But the eject button is a concern. Anyway, that's that's a bonus one for you. That's not on your list. My wife and I, when we were growing up, um, you know, different towns, different parts of the state, but neither one of us had families that were committed to the local church at that point. My high school years, no one was there for me in my home. My parents loved me. They cared about me. They took care of me. They were good parents, but church wasn't a priority. Mm -hmm. Same with Temple. Her parents took care of her, but church wasn't a priority. It was the student ministry workers that just loved on us and pointed us in that direction. So what are some practical suggestions that we can give these student ministry workers that are listening today on helping our students become more devoted to Jesus? Yeah. Well, the first thing I think I would say is don't grow weary in doing good because mm. man, it's so easy to get discouraged. It's so easy to just go, am I making a difference? Yeah. Like what's the point, you know, and it, we all get there, but don't grow weary in doing good for in season, due season, you will reap a harvest and you have no idea the impact that you're making in that, the life of that child, the life of that student in the life of that family. Keep at it. Keep your head down. Keep working hard. Keep believing that God can do anything in anybody's life. He can turn anything around. 
And so if you believe that and you lead that way and you give all of yourself, you leave it all, we say, you know, in football, you leave it on the field where you're just exhausted and you leave it on the field, that's okay. Um, but don't grow weary. And that's the first thing I would say. The next thing I would say is be real, be authentic. Don't try to be perfect, super churchy, super wonderful. Just bring your questions and your doubts and your concerns. And your. if you don't know something, go, I don't know. I'm not sure what to tell you with that, but let me, let me pray about this. Let me get, let me ask my pastor or let me research it some and let, well, let's study it together and come back and see what we found. You know, I think especially right now in this culture and this, um, in these generations we're dealing with in students, they have to have authenticity. They do. If you don't have it, you're done. If you're cheesy or churchy or, or too, too cerebral in some way, you can forget trying to make an impact. Walk with these kids in, and um, and that's the way I, in student ministry that I've done over the years, and it's not been that much, but I think that's just what I've tried to do. How can I be your friend? I'm not trying to be like some you know uh, expert or or um, theologian. I just want to be a friend. And oh yeah, I'm praying for you. And oh yeah, I'm going to choose to live this way. Why you know? And I just think kids respond to that kind of thing. Student ministry has changed a lot since the early days. The early days for me was in those 90s, um, mm-hmm. and I, I think about how activity-driven it was, the things uh-huh. that we were supposed to have and do, um, but man, there's nothing more powerful than just a relationship with a, with a student who doesn't have somebody else in their life that cares about their spiritual well-being. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I had the people in my life, people at this small little church in Springdale, Arkansas, that just cared for me. Mm-hmm. And it made all the difference in the world. Sure. So I know you were in a, for us, a little bit larger church. Um, I think what Temple was around four, 500, 600, yeah, 700. Yeah. I think yeah. That, I mean, it is, was, it was a good yeah. size at that point. Yeah. Um, who, who was investing in your life? I had a youth pastor named Jeff Prim and he was just a friend. He just loved me like a friend and, and let me kind of shadow him in ministry and watch what he was doing. Took me to play golf. Just was and he wasn't perfect and he didn't try to be. And he came across just authentic and real and like a buddy, yet he was the student pastor. And so I kind of had a respect and I was watching to see kind of some of that. He When he left, Donnie Parrish came in. And um, at first, Donnie likes to tell this, but he always tells me at first that um, <laughs> that uh, I didn't like him because I was so I was mad about my previous youth pastor, <laughs> living, you know. Um, but I was a football player. Donnie had played football and he was big time into football and he was kind of tough and, and gruff and, you know, and just kind of a neat guy and different kind of personality than Jeff was. And it took me a while to warm up to him. But when I did, I realized he loved me and, and, uh, and I'm just so incredibly grateful for him as my student pastor because he, uh, man, he loved us well and he, he, um, he wasn't perfect. But to this day, he's somebody that I, I look up to. He's a mentor. He's a friend. He's real and um, has always led us to Jesus. And um, those are the guys that invested in me the most, you know. I love hearing that. I love people sharing that piece of the, their story because, you know, our listeners, are they're the full-time guys. They're part-time, right. but they're right. also the volunteers. Absolutely. And whoever's story is being shared, it's it's one that has impacted you anywhere from five years ago to like us 30 years ago, you know, it's, it's just powerful. Um, what can happen 
when we have a relationship with a student and we can yeah. help them embrace Jesus more and embrace his church. Thank you so much for being on the podcast today as we've talked about uh, being devoted to Jesus. And I know that that's going to be your topic for SOAR and you're going to share with us and we're excited about that. Any final words that you'd have for our listeners? Yeah, it's actually a request, Dan, uh, for you and for those who are listening and, and may be at SOAR. And that is to pray. Pray for that moment. Pray for those students. Pray for me. Um, most of all, that the Holy Spirit would would move in us, in the leaders, in the adults, in the students, that we would all come to a place where we really ask this question, am I devoted not to my job and not to just the functions of this thing we call Christianity, but to mm. Christ himself? Mm. And what does it mean to be completely, fully his and uh, to live that way? What is it? What 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 is the most precious thing in my life? And is it him? Because that was really the question for the rich young ruler. And he said it wasn't. And so my prayer is that as we leave there, we can have recommitment to that. And we can even have some people who come to know Christ, maybe even that morning. So just pray for us, if you would. That would be the greatest thing you could do. Well, thank you, Drew. What a great reminder. Listener, if you have have it on a, your calendar, be sure and just put, if you don't have it there, put it there. Yeah. Um, July 3rd, 4th, and 5th. We're going to have five main stage speakers, but we also have others that will be teaching breakout groups. There's a lot of conversations that's going to be going on between leaders and students. Um, there'll probably be anywhere from 1,000 to 1,200 students gathered there. It's an exciting time. There's a lot of worship, a lot of fun, uh, but most importantly, we want to help our students be more devoted to Jesus. Mm -hmm. And so that's our focus. That's what we're doing here. And we do all these things because student ministry matters. Thanks for listening to the Student Ministry Matters podcast. Get connected at studentministrymatters.com or follow us on Facebook and Instagram at Student Ministry Matters. Until next time, keep up the great work with your students because the work matters.